Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. That's me. Today on the show, Joseph Parker. I had my first fight at 12. Right. Amateur fight. Right. And I, was, I wasn't in the best shape. I was short and chubby. But the guy that was fighting was chubbier, so he made me look, he, he made me look like I was in good shape. Joe's a man that needs no introduction, but in case you've been hiding somewhere for the past 10 years, he's one of the world's best boxers, and he's from right here in New Zealand. Joe's an open book, and we talk about so much in this episode. We talk about his relationship with running, of course, his relationship with Tyson Fury, his thoughts on so many people, uh, Sonny Bill Williams, Jake and Logan Paul, Tommy Fury, Molly May, and many others. He shares why he felt empty after becoming the world champion. We talk about the Anthony Joshua fight, his legal controversy of last year, and we also talk about his recent marriage and the upcoming birth with his fourth child. I've known Joseph for a long time now, and I love the chance to sit down with him and have a deeper conversation, and I really hope you guys enjoy this too. Before we get into it, special thanks to the sponsors of this week's episode. Again, the Huawei Watch GT Runner. This thing's amazing. If you're in the market for a new sports watch, I do recommend you look up the Huawei Watch GT Runner and uh, do your own due diligence and see if it's right for you. Um, The big thing for me with this watch is the battery life. I'm not going to say what brand watch it was, um, but a few years ago I did my very first ultramarathon. It was the um, Mototape, which is a 52k run, goes from Wanaka to Arrowtown. And the watch I was wearing, which was fully charged at the beginning of the event, did not make it to the finish line eight hours later. Uh, the Huawei Watch GT Runner will definitely do that. The battery lasts for 12 days. On GPS mode, obviously, it's a little bit less than that. Whatever the distance of your event, regardless of how extreme it is, the battery will last longer than what you do. So thanks again to the Huawei Watch GT Runner for sponsoring this episode. If you're keen to get one, they're available at PB Tech, Noel Lemming, and JB Hi-Fi. All right, let's get into it. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started, hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, let's get it started. This is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners only with Dom Harvey and my friend Joseph. Pa- are we friends? All friends. Are we? Fr- the, the, see, this is the funny thing. I've um, interviewed you maybe twenty times. Um, I've got your phone number. I will text you the day of a fight and say good luck, and you'll always text back. Um, but I wonder if we're actually friends, or I, if this is just you as a person, and you're like that with everyone. Everyone feels like they're your mate. I only, yeah, I think everyone thinks, feels like I'm their mate, but on my phone. I don't have everyone's number, like the whole world on my phone. So everyone that does text me back, I, I consider them as friends. Right. Yeah. And do the people you, that I keep in touch with. Right. Do you remember once you, you called me, I was in a supermarket, and um, you, you were inviting me to a party, but it turns out you were meaning to call Dominic Bowden. 
<laughs> do you remember that? I do remember. Yes, I do. I said, like, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, sorry, bro. I hope you're doing well. Uh, all the best. <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I was so excited. I was in, I was in like the, the Muesli Bar Island. Joseph Parker's name came up on my screen. Listen, but then- I only have like five doms in my phone. And when I called you... I, yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, and then I said, oh, so I invited the wrong dom yeah. and this and that. Oh man. Um, so how are you? You well? We're, we're sitting in your your, your gym slash garage at home in yeah. South Auckland. It's a beautiful property. Um, you've you've been overseas in whereabouts in the UK? Morecambe. Morecambe. One hour north of Manchester. So yeah, must be so nice to be back home. Very nice. There's no place. I, I mean, that saying is re- very true. There is no place like home. Yeah. And I've travelled all around the world, I've fought all around the world, met a lot of people, had a lot of fun, but when I come home, it's like, there's a different feeling about coming home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's special. And you didn't have to do MIQ this time, which oh, must have been... Oh, no, MIQ. You, you've done that before with the, your entire family. I did it with the wife and kids, and it's great to spend quality time, Yeah, but you're only allowed out of the, you know, the room once a day, or twice a day, and it's only for an hour. So it was quite hard, but it's nice to come back arrive at the airport, have them waiting at the airport, running to me, Daddy, Daddy, welcome back, <laughs> and then coming to your home and being able to relax and chill yeah. and see family. Yeah, uh, so good. Now, the, the podcast is called Runners Only with Dom Harvey. So, Do you know what? To be totally honest, I used to not like running. <laughs> honestly, because I think I wasn't good at it. Right. What do you, what do you mean in terms of like, speed? I, just, or? I wasn't good at it because I was uh, – I was chubby back in the day, and every time I ran, I had a sore back, maybe because my stomach wasn't strong enough, or and my legs would get tired, and I thought, man, what? this is not for me. When's, when you say back in the day, when, when do you mean? What sort of age? Like, like school age? or Like as school a, age onwards, yeah. Right, and I right. just thought, ah, oh, you know, running is very hard, and I'm getting tired fast, and I'm, you know, like I couldn't even run two kilometers, and I would mm. be tired. Mm. And I thought, as a young boy, you should be able to run. I see everyone else running long distances and, you know, being able to run and, and enjoying it and having fun, but I wasn't enjoying it back in the day. Do you do you enjoy it now? Or is it something you do as a necessary evil for aerobic fitness for boxing? For boxing, it's not so much for boxing, but I just love being out there now. I love I love you know just going out there. You're on your own sometimes. You're on your own sometimes. You're with a group, mm. but it's just time to think, and it's, it's sort of it's very challenging because sometimes you want to stop. Sometimes oh, I can just go for a walk here and there, but there's that. Sort of like push now, nah, now nah, keep going, keep going right to the end, don't stop. Mm. I like the challenge. So how far do you normally run? Like ten k's? Nah, for boxing, uh, three miles, four five, miles, five k's, okay. sometimes yeah. six miles. Right, right. But most of, m- most of the time it's four miles. Right, so it's about what six six k's, seven k's. Yeah. So not not the longest runs, but it's, and it's just the constant pace. It's not like we're not the fastest runners in the world. You just go at a good pace. Do you have any idea of what sort of pace you're doing? Is it like five minute kilometers or like, six minute? I think seven minute miles. No, no. Listen, sometimes. Well, like, when, when did you start talking in miles? Is this is this from your time in the it's states? The time it was, it's yeah, time in the states and time in the UK because everything, you know, everything that we talk about there is miles. Right, right. So well, you're back in New Zealand. Back now, in New Zealand. So <laughs> listen, five five minute kilometer. Five. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good little pace. Yeah, um, because the stuff that you've shared on Instagram, in particular the stuff with um, you and and Tyson Fury's camp, um, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun when you run. Oh, listen, we have the best time. Yeah, because we're running in a group, we're chatting away, we're telling jokes, we're having a laugh, and then we um, sometimes the pace picks up and we're challenging challenging each other. Then sometimes we add a few sprints here and there, and it's just it's just uh, I think it's a great it's a great thing to do it with the team mm. and as a team. Mm. And and then um, there's things you do like the Jolene challenge, which is um, you play the Jolene, Dolly part. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Jolene. 
Um, so you, you play the, um, the, the Jolene song from Dolly Parton, and then every time she says the word Jolene, you do a press-up. Yeah. Do you, is that like, do you stop during the run and do that, or is that at the end of the run? That's, that's at the end of the run. Right. And I'll tell you this, the first time I did it, I, I, I completed it, but it was very, very hard. Then the, the following camp that I went and did it, um, I was able to do it a lot better. Mm. But um, after see the fun things we do, right? We do a run, and then we do a Jolene challenge, and we do other challenges that you know challenge each other, you know, while we're there. Just to group. just to, to bring the best oh, out of one another. Just to bring the best out of one another. Oh yeah. man, listen, there's so much that we need to we need to talk about. I want to yeah talk a lot about um, Tyson Fury because he's like one of the greatest athletes in the world, and he's your mate. Yeah, um, and we're, we're bringing him down to New Zealand. We're looking at bringing him to New Zealand. Are you? Yeah, in September sometime. Wow. For? For, I think he's going to come down. He's going to do a tour. Right. We're looking at doing a tour. So he's going to come down and uh, just share his knowledge and, and talk to people and share his experiences and mental health. And I think it would be great to, his way of giving back to the community. Right. You've got to get him on my podcast. Well, we'll try it. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Tyson. <Tice>, uh, <laughs> What's up? Um, good, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. First of all, I want to go right back to the beginning. So your dad's name is Dempsey. Yeah. Uh, after the boxer. Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey, yeah. So th- this is like your destiny in a way, isn't it? Like you, you, your dad was into boxing. Um, when you were like three, you'd like yeah, you'd yeah. punch your dad's palms of his hands. I feel like this was my destiny. And... My dad was named after a fighter. Couldn't box yeah, himself because yeah. of a disability. Right. And he always loved boxing, and he and he had a few street fights in when he, when he lived in Samoa. And, <laughs> and listen, he, a lot of people said he was it's quite the tough man. He's quite the tough man. He was old Dempsey. So um so yeah so he was it kind of like Tiger Woods in a way. So Tiger Woods' dad wasn't a great golfer, but had a passion for golf. Passion. The so, passion was, and at, at a young age, buying videotapes of Mike Tyson. Buying videotapes of other fighters, Larry Holmes, um, and we would watch it, mm. play it, and watch it, and teach us, and take us to different gyms, and just give us the best that he could in terms of what he knew about boxing. Yeah. So when did you when did you start? Like ten? Uh, ten years old. Yeah. Who, who are you fighting at ten? I had my first fight at twelve. Right. Amateur fight. Right. And I was I wasn't in the best shape. I was short and chubby, but the guy that I was fighting was chubbier, so he made me look <laughs> he, he made me look like I was in good shape. So uh, I won that fight. It was a good. It was a good start to my boxing career. So did you play any other sports like prior to that? Volleyball, rugby. I got a cauliflower ear from you know playing lock. Is that from rugby? I've, I've noticed your cauliflower ear before, but I just oh, I thought you must have been punched in the ear. A few rugby, times. rugby, rugby. Yeah, right, right. playing lock. I uh, played volleyball. What else did I play? Cricket. You ever play cricket? No. I trialed for the team in school, and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't pick me, so I said no. Wow. Not cricket, and I then, think. and then you. So, t- was it twelve? The age that you like settled on boxing. Twelve. Thought, twelve is- was when I had my first fight, and it was about fifteen or sixteen when I started traveling the mm. world representing New Zealand. Yeah. I settled on boxing. Did you? Yeah. Did you win that first fight at twelve? I won the first fight. Yeah. Against the, the fat guy. Against the fatter guy. <laughs> Can you remember his name or anything? Oh, listen. I, I, uh, if I could meet the guy, I'd like to say thanks for the first experience yeah, in boxing, but yeah. I, I forgot his name. I wonder if he rem- he remembers your name and that you know you're now that, that we fought each other and yeah. That'd listen, be if, he, if he ever if, listen, if he's ever listening to this, reach out because I'd love to mm. love to have a chat. Um, so did, you see, you won that fight. How um, can you remember much of how you were feeling like prior to it? So you're 12 years old. I'm guessing you're in form one, form two, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like were you shitting bricks or were you just so young and dumb that you didn't sort of have the fear? Just uh, I, I I can remember being very nervous. You know, your first fight, and then your parents are there, and you, and you, you know, your dad's name is Dempsey. He loves boxing, telling everyone else 
around him that you're gonna my son's gonna be champion of the world one day, and you want you really want to do well and impress and you know give it your best. But I've really I remember feeling very nervous and just like, like all these people eyes on me. This is this is at the ABA, like the Auckland Boxing Association, like. Um, it's not like there's, there wasn't a lot of people there, but for a young boy at 12 years old, it felt like a 10,000 crowd was there watching me. Well, there's, I mean, there's not many people there, but all eyes, all eyes are on you. Like what you do is probably one of my worst fears, I think, like being in a, being in a boxing I fight. I think you should do a boxing fight. Absolutely not. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Uh, it must be, I mean, the thought of like being in the ring and you have all your corner men and whatever, and then everyone leaves, and it must be just the most lonely and terrifying thing. It is, and, and before a fight, you're with your whole team. Mm. When you're in the ring, you're with your whole, your team's there with you, but you're, you're you're fighting by yourself. The whole crowd is there. Yeah, so 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 that moment for me sounds absolutely terrifying. But that's because I know I wouldn't be very good. But for you, on the other hand, is it a is it a, a terrifying moment now, or is it exciting? Because it's like I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this fucking now up. going into the fight. Yeah, exciting. Everything is done like you with running. The preparation is key. Whenever you train hard, you do everything right, and you know, t- mental side of things, physical side of things. When you go into the ring, that is time to enjoy and have fun. <laughs> I'm not. There's a, there's a different enjoyment. Like it's it's a reward for all your hard work, and even though the reward is getting punched in the face and punching someone else in the face. <laughs> But it's what we it's what we train to do. Yeah, yeah. You've said that to me over the years, and I find it hard to believe. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I do believe you, but part of me feels like it's some. Um, you, you know, like imagine, you've imagine yourself train, to think listen, you're But it. imagine training your whole life, and like even like camp doesn't go smoothly. And in camp, you get injuries. You're sore. You're tired. You're frustrated. You're mentally drained because you're learning all these different things. And and in the fight week, everything tapers off, and you're sort of fresh and you're edging to go. Mm. Like that's. That's enjoyment. I, 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 well, for me, that's enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I suppose there's a lot of like parallels between boxing and running in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get when you get in the ring, you 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 can just say to yourself, trust the training. You know, you've done the work and trust the process. Tr- right. Trust the structure. Trust right. the training and have fun. Right. When you're going into the ring, like uh, my brother fought in the weekend, and he won his fight and got on him. And uh, before the fight, I called Tyson. I said, "Hey, Tyson, John's fighting," and they were talking uh, on fight night. And um, Tyson just said to him, John, just relax and enjoy yourself. Go out there and have fun. That's all it is. Going out there and having fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, like, if you get too nervous, nerves can get the better of you? Nerves can be, like, a good thing or a bad thing? <clears throat> nerves, <clears throat> nerves will drain your energy in boxing. And so the good thing about, if, if I talk about me and Tyson, we, we warm up the same. Music is playing, we're dancing, we're singing, we're having fun, telling jokes. When I saw his warm-up uh, before a fight, I was like, it's exactly how I warm up. Mm. Just chilled out until you have to get into the ring and fight. Yeah. So, so back to the amateur stuff. So you had how many amateur fights? Was it like a hundred or something? I had about 80, 80 fights, right. amateur fights, most of them international, right. traveling around the world and representing New Zealand. Yeah, because you went to a Commonwealth, what Commonwealth Games did you go to? That was, I went uh, to Commonwealth Champs in 2010 in India. Right. Then I went to the uh, World Youth Champs in Azerbaijan, you know, somewhere close yeah. to Russia. Then I went to... Um, the Commonwealth Games and the Singapore Olympics. Right. Where did you finish in the Commonwealth Games? Did you get a medal or no? No, I no, didn't medal. get a medal. <sighs> does, didn't get a medal. No. Does, does that gut you? Yeah, because I was so close. I was, I was beating. You know, I beat the the favorite guy in the, in the tournament to win, and then I lost the next fight to some right. guy from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Right. But it was a close fight. I was I was beating him as well, and then he got the better of me. Is my fitness, a, fitness. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah, my fitness and I think being yeah. tra- overtrained. Right. 
Overtrained. 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 So can you remember who, who, who beat you at the, at the, the Commonwealth Games? Are they still boxing? Are they doing anything now? I don't think he's still boxing, but it was yeah. a guy from Trinidad and Tobago. I remember that. What a badge of honour for him. Yeah, beating Joseph Parker. Yeah, smash me. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> a badge of honour for him, but also it must be like, it must grind him in some ways that, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting at the O2 or whatever against AJ, earning millions of dollars, and he beat you, and he's not doing that. Yeah. Um, fighting and, yeah. AJ and Cardiff. Mm. Cardiff Wales in front of right. nearly 80,000 people. Mm. It could have been him. It could have been other people that beat me. Yeah. Yeah. How come you never made it to the Olympics? I didn't make it to the Olympics because I lost the tournament, the qualifying tournament that I needed to win that. Mm. But before then, I, I beat three or four guys that already went to the Olympics. Mm. Seems like you were having a lot of losses as an amateur. Were you not very good or was this like, was this still like your apprenticeship? I'll tell you the truth. I wasn't taking it seriously. Okay. There was a certain time where I did take it seriously. And I put in work, but in other times I just enjoyed myself, didn't train hard enough, ate whatever I wanted to do, hung out with my friends, and thought that I could show up and win because of talent, mm. which is, wasn't the case. So, so out of all those amateur fights, what was your win-loss record? Can you remember? Oh, Not really. I can't, re- can't remember. There's a yellow book that we're supposed to keep. <laughs> it has all our... <laughs> uh, listen, some, someone keep. ate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would have, uh, I would have had 80 fights and I lost 10. Right, right. But most of them international. Right. Uh, like all over the world. Okay. Was that just pretty much sort of natural talent, really? You know, it seems like you, you trained reasonably hard, but as you said before, you know, you were partying, hanging with your friends or whatever. Yeah, doing all that. So was a lot of it just natural talent? I, I feel I was blessed with the talent of boxing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and help, obviously encouraged from my dad at a young age and then blessed with this talent, but didn't give it everything mm. um, until I turned professional. Right. When was the decision made to turn professional and why at that particular moment? It seems like you were an amateur for a yeah, lot, I, lot of fights and a lot of years. Yeah, I was an amateur for a while and the, the you know, when I did miss out on the Olympics, it was one of those, uh, it was a dream to attend the Olympics and, mm. and do well at it. Of but course. When I, when I missed out, um, my parents went looking for, my parents and my management team with my uncle went looking for a team who could help me in my professional career and that was Duco Events. So because I beat three or four guys that already went to the Olympics, I knew I was on that level. And I just had to find the right team, train hard and f- actually focus properly mm. and put in the work. From my perspective of um, being in commercial radio at that time at a top 40 station called The Edge, Duco did a, a fantastic job. That was um, Dean Lonergan and David Higgins. Yeah. Uh, we would never have had boxers on because our audience wasn't really into boxers but you came along and and you were young and you were articulate and you were handsome and you didn't sound like a boxer um and we've we, we interviewed you maybe 20 times Listen, over we, the had, years, we had some great fun yeah i remember you and kevin had some great fun in particular oh yeah okay we'll talk about that okay um so Ke- this is Ke- kevin barry who so did duco team you up with kevin barry duco uh, links me with kevin barry right so that was after you turned pro. Was he sort of instrumental, do you think, in getting you to take it more seriously? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a big influence in, in my boxing career um, in the very beginning. Um, I had like about three fights here in New Zealand professionally when I signed up with Duco. Then when I – it took me a while to sign the contract with Duco because I was very nervous. My team were nervous, and this is an old new sort of experience for us, a new chapter. But I'm very happy because Duco invested a lot in me in, right in the beginning. Imagine in terms of? Money. Really? How do you mean? Flights, right, accommodation, right. food, training camp, mm. uh, training costs, sparring partners, everything, and still paying me a purse. Right. They invested heavily. Wow. Without knowing if I was gonna, actually going to be good or not. 
So, so like having having a punt on a horse. Having a punt, a oh, yeah. So so what was the money like in the beginning with Duke? What sort of? I mean, uh, you, you go from amateur to pro. Like I'm guessing anything's good. Was it as an amateur? Some some tournaments you made a bit of money. Like how much? What are you talking? Uh, a couple of grand. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah, a couple yeah. of grand. And then I signed a contract to fight uh, in China. I was in China fighting for a while. Uh, World Series boxing, and I actually lived in China for I don't know three, four, five months, fighting all around China, Beijing, um, Macau, and then as a professional, I, when I signed professional, I made like the first fight I made what two? I made five thousand dollars. It was good. I spent it all on my first car, Toyota, Toyota Corolla, nineteen ninety four. Put mags on it. It sounds system everything. Well, shit, I'm looking out in your driveway now. There's a couple of Jeeps out there. Yeah. There's like a, a, a Kia family wagon. Um, you're doing all, it's a bit of an upgrade from the Corolla. A big upgrade. I'm fortunate, like, as a fighter or as a like as an athlete, I get looked after by a lot of people, and Andrew Sims really look after me. Who's Andrew Sims? Uh, the car company. Oh, okay, right. So every time I come back, they always give me a car. I'm like... Thank you, guys. Isn't it funny how it works? Like, it gets to the point where you can afford your own vehicles, yeah, and, and some, yeah. and then they, that's when people start giving you, and clothes, shoes, whatever. Strange how that works. You're right. At, at the, right in the beginning, when you need the help, <laughs> no one wants to help you. Yeah. But, at, like, when you've made it, and you're sort of, you're doing well for yourself, and you can afford it, people want to help you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Shit, you've made some sacrifices. So you, you, so you, you team up with Kevin Barry, um, and then you spend a lot of time in Vegas. I spent eight years in Vegas yeah. with Kevin. Eight years on, like on and off. I think I've been to Vegas over thirty times in those eight years. You, when, when people think of Vegas, they think of the fun place that you go. They think of the strip. They think of the place where you go and you spend three days, two nights there, and then you're done. Out of Vegas, it's a very different vibe. Out, out of Vegas, it's like normal yeah. family life. There's schools, there's shops, there's like little community groups. Sex, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a very normal place where we're staying. Um, where Kevin lives, mm. I was living at his house with him, his, t- his wife Tanya, and, and their family and the kids. Mm. And you, and you just living, eating, breathing, sleeping, boxing. All I did was train, eat, sleep, repeat, the whole time I was there. Right. Obviously, as the time went on and I got comfortable, I made a lot of friends and I started, you know, experiencing what Vegas was. <laughs> but uh, but I was able, but always staying where Kevin was and staying at his house, I was always able to focus because. He was away from the strip, and the gym was just not far from the house, and we had a good schedule and a good structure in place. Yeah, yeah. He's um he's very good, isn't he? Kevin's very good. Very good. Yeah, I, you touched upon Kevin before. So you and Kevin came in for an interview one day, and this is um actually I, I, like I, I regret this now. I, I was I was an asshole, but the thing is um like what I'm doing now with the podcast is I can have um I can have like proper conversations with people like you and and we don't have to get you to change a nappy or yeah, or, yeah, or all do, those, uh... do dumb stuff that's required when you're doing a radio show like that. So you and Kevin came in. Can you, actually, can you tell the story? Can you, can yeah, you tell I, the story I, from so your this, perspective? This is my perspective, okay. right? This is what I remember. We came in and did an interview and and everything was going well and then asking questions and we were all answering it and I answered a lot of questions and Kevin answered a few questions and then you jumped in with this great idea of asking a question online and on air live about Kevin's hair and as soon as you asked the question whether it was real or not you walked over and touched it and I could see you know fuming and oh listen he never asked he never answered any questions after that I was asked I was answering all the questions yeah, no, that's what I remember. It was. Um, I mean, I, I'm embarrassed about it now. Like it's. Um, it's a terrible thing to do. Like going over and like tagging another man's hair. Um, it, it was dumb, but I was like doing it 
Yeah, to try. Is and get, it because of the radio and yeah. you trying to do things? So I mean, I, I've got to own it because I did it. And no one asked me to do it, but mm. um, I, you know, you just want to get a little bit of video content that's going to stand out. I mean, had Kevin punched me, it would have been amazing. You know, <laughs> it would have been it would have just it would have knocked my teeth out, or it would have just about killed me. But but it was dumb, and that was really that was really horrible of me. It was it was it was it was a nasty thing to do. And then as soon as the mics went off, he came up to me and sort of like like danced around me like a boxer. And said something like, oh, you think you're funny, do you, boy? You think you're funny? Oh, I thought he was about to hit me then. <laughs> do you remember that? I was shitting myself. Yeah, he did. Like, Kevin doesn't take any book. Mm. Mm. So, uh, so he's been good to you. And then, so you were with him for many, many years and many fights. Why the decision to, to, to break up? It seems like your, your breakup with him was, was good. Yeah, it was a good breakup. We're still very um, close because of the, you know, the eight years we spent together. Yeah. I was living at his house and he was treating me like his, his son and, and just giving me every bit of knowledge that he had in, in the boxing world. Mm-hmm. And we still communicate. I went to Tyson's fight with Deontay Wilder and I went and stayed at their house. Right. Uh, I went and stayed at their house in Vegas. The reason why I left uh, Kevin and the team in Vegas, I felt like boxing for me at that time was getting stale. You know, I did have the fight with Junior Fire here in New Zealand. I felt like when I went to the ring... You know, even though I trained so hard with strength and conditioning, running, boxing, I did everything right, slept well, ate clean, I still felt tired after the first or second round. And I put that down to just overtraining and not having, I think, just doing too much. Over the years, I, I did more and more training, and I wasn't resting enough. Mm. And that's no one else's fault but mine, because I thought the more is better. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But then I suppose it gets to the point where there's diminishing returns, eh? Yeah, and there's, and there's a there's a quote. I think Einstein said this. He said the the, the definition of uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's that's exactly it. And so I was doing the same thing. Imagine doing some the same thing for eight years. Of course, in the beginning it was great, but it, it became uh, just the same, same. It became stale, and it became I just I wasn't excited anymore. I didn't have. I sort of felt like I was losing a passion for boxing. Mm. Just because, oh, damn, I have to go to Vegas again. Oh, I have to, you know, I have to be in camp again. I have to do this, I have to do that. But I think the change just uh, revived me as a fighter. Mm. Gave me excitement and gave me this new new environment, new team, new structure, new program, new trainer. And I'm learning new things. Mm. So, yeah, now you're with this guy called Andy Lee, um, who has the same name as um, Andy from Hamish and Andy, but is not the same person. Uh, so Andy, Andy Lee... Was Andy Lee was a world champion. Oh, was he? So, was so, a yeah. middleweight world champion. Right, right. Irish, so, Irish Andy Lee. Right. So, what makes him? What makes him so damn good? And why it's, did you team up with him? So after before I broke up with Kevin, uh, I was uh, sort of sitting in my house. I was thinking, who should I talk to to talk you know, about the trainer? I was like, okay, I'll call Tyson. Hey, Tyson, can I call you? And then uh, he goes, Yeah, call me. So I called him. Video called. Hey, Tyson, look at leaving. Looking at leaving Kevin. Um, and I was looking at training with this trainer. What do you think about him? Don't train with him, Joseph. Uh, there's three trainers that I recommend you, you know, who have been the best for me in this world. The first one is Emmanuel Stewart that I've trained with. The second one is Sugar Hill, and the third one is Andy Lee. I reckon I can get you and Andy Lee connected together, and you guys can work together. I reckon you guys will gel, and, and you know, he can make um, a big difference in your career. I said, what's so good about Andy? He said, Andy is not just a pad holder. Andy is a teacher. And he will teach you boxing, not just hold the pads for you and tell you to do this and that and combinations, but he will teach you boxing. Right. What does that mean exactly? Can you, can you elaborate on that a bit more? There's some, some, some trainers who will just hold the pads and tell you anyone can hold pads and anyone can be a fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. But when you break it all down, there's only certain 
trainers or people that can be teachers in, in boxing who can actually tell you to do this and tell you to do that, slow things down, um, watch you when you're doing something and correct it. And But not everyone can correct it because not everyone knows what the right way of punching is or what, yeah. what the right way of doing this is or that. So how, yeah, how did you and Tyson Fury become friends? I remember seeing like some clip on you online, maybe on Instagram, after one of your fights, and Tyson was there and he had his shirt off, and this is when he was um, this is when he was on, into his cocaine and partying, and he was massively he was like ballooned, had retired at that point. Um, yeah. was, when was that? Can you remember the clip that I'm talking about? That was 2017. That was as soon as I. <clears throat> that was the first time I met Tyson. Was when was when, that? Was after what fight? Was when I fought his cousin Huey Fury. Right. I fought his cousin, we had the press conference, and that was the first time I ever met him, but we used to keep in touch on social media. So I met him and we spoke at the press conference, and then we got up and gave each other a big hug, because he was always supporting me and, and watching what I was doing on this side of the world, fighting top fighters, winning and doing well, and I was always supporting him. And we were keeping in touch on social media, and that was the first time I met him. Then after I beat his cousin, he came to my room and we had a great time. We had a great, great, great <laughs> time. Do you want to elaborate on that or yeah, not listen, really? We, we, we partied. We had a great time in terms of partying. Uh, we went to my room, and then after that, we went to some ice bar. We're all shirtless. And, you know, obviously, I woke up the next day with a cold, but the night before, I just we, we had a great time. We just enjoyed and partied the night away. Mm. See, the amazing thing, and this this I suppose this is just part of the – glorious, colourful mosaic that is Tyson Fury's life. Like, it would have been um, easy for him to, to to get further and further into addiction and spiral down, but somehow he managed to pull himself out of that and become, like, one of the greatest athletes the world's ever seen. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the amazing story is what he's done before his breakdown, you know, becoming world champion, because that, that was his goal. Because he, he, he beat Vladimir Klitschko, right? He beat Vladimir Klitschko, which yeah. opened up the whole heavyweight division. Yeah. Then he went on his downfall and his, and his drugs and alcohol and mental health and had all these issues. And the comeback is the biggest and the baddest story of them all. Mm. Because um, you have all these heavyweights training every day, putting the work in, and they're, they're boxing and fighting consistently and still winning. And you have Deontay Wilder who never had a break, who never, I don't even know if he does drugs or drinks or whatever. Mm. But And then you got Tyson Fury who did all of this and came back and beat everyone. Like, that is one of the stories that I don't think there's another story like it. It's incredible, and it, he's he's so exciting to watch as well. I, I don't know anything about boxing, but I know that he's an exciting guy to watch, like, outside the ring and in the ring. Like, he yeah, just, do you know he what's exciting about Do you know what's exciting about him to watch? What's it's that? the lead into the fights, the way he talks, personality. Mm. And then he, it's like he takes that into the ring with him. Mm. You know, like, imagine fighting someone in the ring, and his hands are behind his back and his it's tongue's so out and he's moving his head side to side and he's teasing you, talking to you. Like, that'll be the most, like, I don't know, annoying fighter to fight. And I think in, in terms of people talking before the fight, like the press conference away, and I don't think people want to banter with him because he is next level. Yeah. And then there's afterwards when he breaks into song, he's yeah. just so... Ex- How would you go against him? Like you've sparred with him quite a bit, so you never know him. Never sparred him. I've done body sparring, but I've, we've never sparred each other, right. like hitting each other in the face, or we've never f- done full contact, only body sparring. Right. He'd kick your ass, right? Wouldn't he? No. Listen, <laughs> I, back, I, I back myself. Really? Right, yeah. really? But the fight that he just had of uh, Dillian White, I was a standby fighter, which meant if White didn't show up to fight, I was on standby Ooh. to fight him. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna ask you about that, because... Um, I thought he said at some point, maybe a few years ago, that he would he would never fight. We said that we'll never two. fight each other. Yeah, yeah. 
But so that when when you were like the standby, the the understudy, whatever you want to call it, was that like, hey, hey, Joseph, like if this happens, you get in the ring, it'll be a massive payday. Was it that? Yeah, sort of if, thing? he goes, if if you get if White doesn't show up and you're the standby fighter, and you fight me, you get a chance to beat me for the world title and you get paid. If you don't fight me, you still get paid a little bit of money to stay mm. ready. Mm. So I got paid either way. Yeah. And it was it was just a way of him looking after me. Mm. I was I was with him in camp for fifteen weeks for this last fight, mm. and we ate in the morning. We trained and we ate again and we rested and we ate again and we trained. Like it was a fifteen week of hard training, clean eating, and it was great. It was just a, a great lead into the fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose with like that intimate information about how he works, it would definitely increase your chances of having a having a good crack against Listen, him. Listen, I, I back myself right. if I had to fight him. Um, mm. If I was, if, if White didn't show up and I had to fight him, you know, I was, I was, I was in a gym training with him, but I was also watching what he was doing, just examining and seeing what you know. I I knew exactly what they were working on. I knew exactly what was happening in camp, so I, I would have had a good chance. Does he hit a real? Does he? It seems like he can take a massive punch. Yeah, he can take big. Well, listen, he got off the ground. He just like he rose from the dead. Yeah, it was, crazy. it was crazy. He can take a punch. He can give a big punch too, and we could see that because he he knocked out. Mm. You know. Dillian White with one punch knockout power. Yeah. What is what does he drive? Uh, he drives a Passat, like Passat. a what is it a Volkswagen or? No, get out. Like a state, yeah, like a hatchback. Yeah, that's a V Dub. Yeah, yeah, ah. yeah. He drives, and what I drive. Else? Listen, my car, my car, the tire was flat the other day, and then I was like, "Hey, Tyson, can I borrow your? Can I borrow a car?" Or and he goes, "Yeah, take the Ferrari." I go, no, 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 give me the Passat. <laughs> I like the Passat. <laughs> okay, so he drives, a, drives the V-Dub, so he's got a Ferrari. What else has he got? He's a- got a, a Rolls-Royce. He's got a G-Wagon. He's got he's got a few cars. Yeah. And has he actually retired? Do you think that's it? I think or? he's retired. Yeah. Right, listen, he, I don't I think he's retired. I'll just take his word for it. But, mm. you know, if, if someone offers him... 80 million dollars to come back or I don't know it won't make a difference because he's already a wealthy man but mm. I don't know what I don't know what will make him come back but he's never fought um, Anthony Joshua has he he's never fought him no no but he'll, he'll own him yeah will he yeah big time what makes you say that because if, if I was sitting you, you just said to me before that um, you'd, you'd beat Tyson Fury in a fight so if yeah, I was sitting uh, here Joshua with, beat me but I was, <laughs> if, I, I, I was if, if I was sitting here with Anthony Joshua he'd say the same thing wouldn't he he'd say I'd own Tyson Fury yeah he would say that yeah yeah so Obviously, we, people think. Oh, listen, I might be biased because I'm very close to him and mm. we're like brothers. But I know I, I fully agree. I think he would absolutely. I uh, I've, I fought Joshua, and you know he's he's a very good fighter and he was a great champion. Um, and hopefully he can come back and beat Usyk. We'll see what he does. But I've trained along Tyson and I've seen the way the difference. I haven't trained um, you know with Anthony Joshua, but I've trained with Tyson. I've seen the difference mentally and physically and how they and how he trains. And mm. I'm just like. You know, it's lifted my game being there. If it wasn't for moving to England and training with Andy Lee and Tyson, my career would be done by now, I think. Is that so? Because after the junior far fight, if I, listen, if I continue doing what I was doing, it was going downhill. Yeah. Yeah, that was a close fight, wasn't it? Was it closer than it what you'd like? It shouldn't have been close. Yeah. yeah. I should have been in great shape and I should have been in, I should have been in better shape and I, I should have been able to go from round one to round 12 and picking up the pace Mm. But I went from round one to round twelve, and the pace went down, 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 down. Yeah. So, if you had to put a percentage on it, how much do you think you've improved since um, the junior far fight? Since you've been working with Andy Lee? Uh, if you, I think, if you compare the first Chisora fight to the second Chisora fight, it's a massive difference and a massive improvement. Yeah. 
let's talk about some of the other characters in this uh, this camp you're with. So there's Tyson Fury, um, also Tommy Fury. I'm a Love Island fan from way back. So yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah, I love that series. That was my favourite series. Yeah, Tommy and Molly May. Yeah. Did you do you know Molly May? Yeah, I know Molly May. Yeah, you see uh, her. She was, yeah, yeah, she was in uh, she was in camp uh, on fight week, and she came to the fight. Obviously, come to support Tommy. Mm. But Tommy, Tommy is a good talent. I think um, now that he's you know obviously training with Tyson and and putting in the work and giving it everything he has effort every day, I think he can be a force. So he's he's like a half a half brother to Tyson. Jesus, it's a lot of pressure having that name, isn't it? Well, listen, having the Fury name, of <laughs> course. If you you, know, you want to be like your brother, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's uh you know he's a celebrity in his own right with that Love Island, massive star, Mass- massive star, and he's uh, good looking too. And yeah, he is a eh? yeah, very handsome. And he's uh listen, he's he's always the one with the shirt off because he's obviously he's got <laughs> big muscles. <laughs> and he's like, how do I look, Joe? I was like, yeah, you look good. You look all right. <laughs> you look all right, mate. <laughs> Yeah, that's um. You've always yeah. So he's he's ripped to shreds. So is um Anthony Joshua. And then there's you know, like you, you've always sort of had like little love handles or carried, yeah, yeah. carried a bit of a bit of puppy fat. Same as Tyson Fury. Like he's how so? How can you train that hard and still be carrying a bit of blubber? I'm not sure. Is it is it is because it body you reckon his body thing? is it the body different type body types? Yeah. Um, That's the thing about Fury. Yeah, it's like this is. I'll tell you this about Tyson. Right, yeah. his body doesn't look the best, but he is strong and he is the fittest person I ever trained. With. If you talk to Sonny, Sonny Bill, because he was in camp with us, if you talk to David Naika, they will tell you that he is one of the fittest people that we've ever trained with, mm. ever. That's right. Yeah, Sonny Bill was over there for a while, and then he um, he went back to Australia and demolished his opponent. How do you think? Um, do you know much about about Jake Paul? Oh, no, only from what I've seen. Right, only right. Only from what I've seen on social media with the pads and with the fight that he had. With right. The, oh, how many fights has he had? Three or four fights, something yeah. like that. Like so, that. so how do you think, um, like from what you've seen, and you, obviously you don't know much about it, you, your guess is as good as anyone's, um, would Sonny Bill waste him? I back Sonny Bill to beat him. Yeah, yeah. Sonny has, the sacrifice that he made to fly over to England, at the time Tyson and I weren't doing boxing, we were only doing weights. So Tony was there for four days and he was getting ready to fly home again because we weren't doing boxing. And then when Tyson heard of it, Tyson said, all right, you come to the gym the next day and I'll show you how to box. Yeah. And then he showed him how to box. <laughs> wow, then, steep, uh, learning, steep learning curve for Sonny uh, Bill. Is that big, what you mean? It was the biggest learning and it was the biggest um, test and it was the biggest challenge. He flew from Australia to, you know, to England not knowing what to expect mm-hmm. and then Tyson put him through his paces. And then he flew to Ireland and spent four or five weeks with Andy Lee. Then he flew back and... You know, he had a great fight. Is he a good boxer? He's getting better, better and better. Yeah. Because he didn't give it time back in the day, he was giving it half his time. He was giving rugby and, and league most of his time. He was an okay okay fighter. But now he's giving his full time. I think he's going to do a lot better. Yeah. Way, be, way better. Is he, is he a good guy? What, what, would, what would be something that you could tell me about Sonny Bill that no one would know? That would surprise us. Something about Sonny... Um, listen, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't even mm. know if there's anything I could say that would... Be surprising, but he's very, he's very much a family man, mm. and he's very dedicated to his religion. He he's, he shows that online anyway. He's Muslim hardcore, isn't he? Muslim hardcore, mm. and he's very he's a very dedicated athlete in everything he does, like <clears throat> eating, resting, recovery, stretching. Like I walked down to his room the other you know the other day when we were in England. Say, so, hey, what are you up to, bro? He's, and he's on the, he's rolling out, rolling out, and just any spare moment he has, he, he does something that benefits him in terms of, of you know, being in physical shape. Right. 
He's grown up to be. Um, a fo- I remember in, in his early days, he was so polarizing. Remember, everyone hated him. Yeah, people. You know, Money Bill him. Williams, and he was yeah. he was playing rugby, then he was playing league, and moving from this, moving yeah, from that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. trying this, trying that. I feel like he's really sort of um, you're grown as a person over like the last ten years, five years. Yeah. Mm. yeah, you're definitely right. He's grown as a person, but like, the one thing I really do uh, admire about him is just how close he is with his family. Yeah. You know, and the love he has for his wife and kids. Yeah, now, now let's talk about that because um, so I'm, I'm sitting in your garage with you and uh, you, you shut the door and your, your, your family's um, on the other side of the door. You, um, <coughs> you've, you've made a lot of sacrifices. Like you've spent a lot of time away from your family over the years, eh? So you've got oh, th- yeah. three kids? Three daughters. Three kids. How many, how many of the births were you at? None. You missed all of them? Missed all. And well, my wife's pregnant right now. Oh, you've got number four on the way? Number four. She's due any day now. Maybe I think in a week's time and I might not be here. I might be gone tomorrow. She must be so understanding. She is a beast. Like she's very understanding, and we're fortunate. Like I got a very supportive family. She's got a very supportive family, mm. and when I'm not here, they all come and oh, they step they, everyone steps up and helps out. Yeah, and listen, that's a blessing to have mm. you know a great family. But she's the she's the best. My yeah. wife's the best. So, so they're all, all three are girls. All three are girls. What Elizabeth, ages? Shiloh, and Michaela. Uh, at the moment, they're two, three, and five. But soon they're going to be three, four, five. Oh my god! And you can have a baby, and a well. baby as well. Oh Listen, the, the Parker household is a busy household. Right. <laughs> do you feel? I mean, you, you know, you've, you've got to focus and do your job, but do you feel guilty when you're away? Of course, I do. Yeah, yeah. My, if I tell my daughter, if I tell my oldest daughter Elizabeth that I'm leaving, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Next week, she's going to start crying every day from now until the day I leave. And it's the saddest thing. It's so you sad- just leave without saying goodbye? <laughs> no, I tell her, we tell her closer to the time. Yeah. It's the saddest oh. thing seeing your, I don't know, just seeing That's your child. heartbreaking. So upset and just doesn't doesn't want to do anything because they're just thinking about they're dreading the day you're going to leave there's there's no way i mean i'm sure you've got the financial means there's no way you can just travel with the family and homeschool them we did we we traveled listen i went to the chisora fight in october last year i flew the family up in december then we couldn't get back into new zealand because everyone was stuck yeah so we spent four months together overseas they flew back end of end of march and i flew back not longer so we do we do travel but she can't travel at the moment because of, of course, being pregnant. Of course. But if she wasn't pregnant, oh, listen, we'll be yeah. away again as a family. Okay. So um, we, we used to joke with you on the radio all the time when you came in for interviews about how you'd never changed a nappy. Uh, has that situation changed? Oh, big time. Oh, has listen, it? Listen, I've, 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 I've grown, I've grown as a father and as a man. <laughs> <laughs> I do get down and dirty. Listen, I've changed. 
So I think for my first daughter, I changed one. Second daughter, I changed two. And then the third one, I've changed multiple. multiple. Three, three. So for the fourth one, you're going to change four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so, so tell me about your partner. When, when did you guys meet? You were Lainey, like high school sweethearts? Laney, yeah. I've known Laney since I was 13 years old. And then we started dating around 15, 16 years old. And we've been together ever since. So 13, that's, that's, yeah, that's about the same that's time as you started boxing. So yeah. Did you did you crush on each other then, or were you just friends? I think she. I was crushing on her. <laughs> I was like, walked, yeah, I was at school. I was like, oh damn, look at that chick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> is, is that your cool guy voice? <laughs> no, hey, how's it going? No, no yeah, How you doing? No, you doing? So I started boxing at that, around that age. I met her, and then I found out that her her dad really loved boxing as well. So and then when we got together, he's always been very supportive and. Of my career and you know traveling around and always helped me financially as well when I was traveling, mm. you know, to am- amateur tournaments around the world. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, so you met at thirteen, started going out at fifteen. Did 15, you say? Yeah, yeah around yeah. fifteen. 16. And you, 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 you had a break at all, or you've been together ever since? Been together ever since. So when did you first say I love you? Like at the age of fifteen. At thirteen. When Th- we thirteen. No. Nah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, and she didn't say it back. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? I said, I love you. <laughs> this is amazing. So this is the, the only woman you've, you've, you've been with. You've, yeah, this is. So school ball together. Ball together. Everything like that. Yeah. So when did you get married? We got married recently. But you don't rush into these things, do you? Yeah, no, we don't rush. You just want to make sure she was the yeah, one. We got married not long ago and we had, yeah, listen, it was the best mm. best day. We, we, we had it at Boombrock. Have you been to that place? Boombrock down in uh, Cary Bay? No, no. Oh, very beautiful, yeah. nice place. It was nice and private, and everyone there had a great time. We told everyone it was an end of your function to dress up, and then when it all turned up, it was a wedding. Mm. Surprise! Big wedding, small wedding. Ah, seventy people. Seventy. Oh, yeah, standard. Is she she Samoan as well? She's Samoan. Yeah. Listen, we have big families. My mom's one of twenty-seven or something, yeah. something like that. So, you're, so you're Samoan, but you're you're born in New Zealand. I'm born in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Both my parents are born in Samoa. God, Samoa is a great place. Eh? I love that country so much. You've been? Yeah, a couple of times. I love it there. Yeah. It's fantastic. So can, can you swim? Of course I can swim. Right, right. I've got flippers as feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but most, most Samoans can't. It's a, it's a, you go to some, really? Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Oh, I it's didn't know thing. that. No, a, a friend of mine um, who works in radio, Nixon, he, he was at MyFM for a while and he's at the edge now. He was saying, unless he talks a lot of shit, so maybe he was pulling my leg, but he said um, in Samoa, it's a prestige thing. The, the further inland you are or the further up you are, the more prestigious it is. So you know how in, in New Zealand you want to be as close to the water as yeah, you can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somewhere it's the opposite, so people just can't swim over there. Oh, I don't, is that true I just, or no? I, I don't know that. Was, what, wow, you, what, can like, your parents swim? Yeah, my parents can swim. Oh. Oh, he's full of shit. We have a family waterfall, and yeah, no, we and what a family waterfall in somewhere, oh, yeah, village, right. in our village, yeah, yeah. And we go, to, yeah, I think I, that's news to me. Mm. Thanks, Nixon. I, <laughs> I've learned something new yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, has it been hard over the years being married? Like as you've got more and more, more and more famous. I mean, like there, there must you're you're out of the country. Like you're this big star. There must be massive temptations. Like, I saw a photo in I think Daily Mail last year of Tyson after one of his fights. Now Tyson's married to Paris. Paris, yeah. Yeah. There's this photo of um, Tyson at some hotel and he's just like surrounded by a beautiful oh, yeah, woman. Like, well, at the at the beach pool or whatever. Yeah, or some resort and some resort. Tommy's there as well. And it's oh like yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that too. Yeah. Is it like that for you? Nah. Like woman not just a, cracking on. Nah, not at no. all. You don't. I don't put myself in the um, in that environment. Myself in right. that environment. When I'm, in, like, say, I'm <clears throat> overseas training in England. I got the apartment that I'm staying in, and all I do is apartment, gym, 
go to the shop to do my shopping, and that's it. It's, a, it's like a, it's the same routine every day. Yeah. And you don't put yourself out there to be tempted or to be in an environment where a woman will, you know. And when I'm in England, not many people know me anyways. Is that right? Not, well, where yeah. I live, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, maybe because that's the environment you live in and they see you all the time, they don't care as much. Or something like that, maybe. Yeah. What's an average day look, look like? So <coughs> so you're at home at the moment, so you're not training for any particular fight. First of all, that, that's got to be the weirdest thing, training and staying fit when you don't, don't know who your next opponent's going to be. It would be like you training for an event, but you're not sure if it's going to be a 5K run, 10K run, half marathon, marathon, whatever. Yeah. It's got to be the weirdest thing. Not anymore. Mm. Back then, after a fight, I would do no training. And I would have a great time and do nothing. And then when I start camp again, I've already gained 15 kgs and I have to lose it again. And I'm spending all my time in camp losing weight instead of working on, on the skills and techniques and, and game plan that you need for the next fight. So I've promised myself that this is a lifestyle. Even if I don't have a fight locked in, I train every day. Yeah. And my wife and kids give me time to train every day, sometimes twice a day. Mm. And it's just good for my mental health as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because um, yeah, Tyson Fury, um, he's been very, very open about his um, mental health and his like, struggles with depression over the years. He was even like suicidal at one point. Um, how's, how's your mental health been? You've been good over the years? My mental health has been good, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, so I, I, I've been through similar things that uh, what Tyson's been through. Have you? In what way? Uh, just, uh, you know, I was doing boxing, but I was, you know, down. I wasn't happy. You know, I was <clears throat> partying, drinking. With my friends and that, and not focusing. And even though I was training and fighting, my head wasn't right, and I wasn't in the right place. And yeah. I wasn't, you know, on the outside it looked like everything was fine, but on the inside it was it wasn't. When was this? What stage of your life? When I won the world title. Is that so right? it's the same as him. He won the world title, went downhill. I won the world title, went downhill as well. And I don't know, I don't know how or why, but it just happened. Do you think part of it is? Um, I'm just guessing here, but part of it is like you've got this massive goal, massive goal, and then you reach it, and then it's like, huh, what now? I, I think that's it. Yeah. So when I reached it, I was like, everyone thought it was the best feeling in the world, and listen, it did feel good to be world champion and make everyone happy, but... What do you uh, mean make everyone happy? Like, like people back home and here in New Zealand? Yeah, like or? people, like my, my parents, because it was my dad, right? It was a goal for my dad to be a world champion. Mm. So it was a goal together. It was a goal for Kevin to, to have a world champion. And so I've made all these people happy, but was it, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't truly happy. Hmm. I'm not sure why. Do you feel like it was more more other people's goal than your goal? I think, yeah, I think it was more other people's goals because when I reached it, I wasn't like, it wasn't like anything new. I didn't feel any different. Mm. And then, Just another fight. And then I, I achieved it and then, like, what's next? Yeah. Then, you know, went downhill. How did you like get around that and you know, not get to the depths that Tyson Fury went to? Yeah, I didn't go as far as him yeah. and, and go that like way down. But the the, the people around me, it's uh, I, I I think it's critical having the right people around you, mm. whether it's family, whether it's a team, whether it's a I don't know, with cousins, whoever it is, mm. that's there to support you. You got to have the right people around you to when you're doing something wrong, when you're going downhill, or when things aren't going right. They can pull you back and yeah. help you and encourage you and, and motivate you and, and push you to, yeah. be, to come back and be better. And have, have, you, have you got any um, like sort of strategies in place yourself? Like, do you, you know, if you're, if you're getting into a bit of a bit of a slump? Just, uh, if I, if it, like, uh, nothing has happened as of late mm. where I've, I've thought, oh, I'm going the wrong way or I've, I'm going off track. But if I do, I just come back and, you know, being here at home, spending time with the kids and family and just remembering and realising what's important. Oh, that's cool. 
oh, man, I could talk to you for hours. We haven't even talked about the AJ fight yet. <laughs> so, um, so, 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 yeah, Anthony Joshua, that fight comes about. I was in um, Tapo at the time. I was watching it on my iPad, and it just it brought back mem- How old were you when um, the tour man fought Lennox Lewis? Uh, eight years old. Eight, do you remember that fight? I remember the fight. Because your fight um, with Anthony Joshua, it felt like it had similarities to me. It's like, you're this big hitter. Everyone talks about your speed and your power, and, mm-hmm. and it's like you just couldn't penetrate the guy. No. Same sort of thing. So, so um, let's talk about that fight. First of all, how much money did you make from that fight? Can you talk about that or not really? Uh, what, what did I make? Was it a set rate or it like was it a, a pay-per-view thing? It was a, like a 33% revenue share to our team and 67 to their team. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Right. I made... Whatever I made, I had to pay 45% tax. <laughs> 45%? That's the tax rate in the UK, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. That's outrageous. Everything I make now is 45% tax. Because it's in the UK? Yeah, I'm a tax resident in the UK. Shit. Okay, yeah, so that's the misleading thing, because you hear reports about how much money you get made. You get, Half get is pretty much gone, yeah. Yeah, 45% gone, and then I'm guessing there's, um, yeah, there's the agent, trainer fees. Camp class, manager, and then there's the training. Listen, the, the camp is expensive. If you think about it, you fly up to wherever you're training. You have an apartment or a house that you're staying at. You bring in a nutritionist, a chef. Then you bring in your trainer. He gets 10%. Then you bring in sparring partners. They get 1,500 pounds a week. Then you pay for their food and their cost of their accommodation. Mm. And you're paying for all of this and all of that. And then it's, at the end, it adds up. Yeah. It's expensive. So <coughs> say, say you earn a million dollars for a fight. How much of that million would you get to keep? Like 300,000, 400,000? So say if you earn a million, then yeah. 10% goes to the trainer. Right. 20 or 20 or 25% goes to the manager. And then you pay 45% tax. But you, your costs come off the top, all right. your training fees and all your travel and all your, everything else comes off the top, and then you get whatever's so you, left. So you may make like 20%, 25%. So something like that, yeah, probably. Fuck. So it, just, it, all, it gets shipped right down. No wonder you've got a Kia in your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I love that Kia. <laughs> Where's it from? Give the guy a plug again. Andrew Sims. Andrew, Andrew Sims. Sims. Matthew Wales. <laughs> yeah, get um, up. And do you have any regrets about that fight now? Like you think, of course. Do you? Yeah, of course. When I think about it, I was, uh, you know, I went into camp at 125 kgs. And then I went all the way down to 107. So I was a fat prick. <laughs> and I went into camp and I focused on losing weight and getting fit and trying to get the combinations and everything together and doing the sparring and this. And by the end of it, I was, uh, I was in great shape. But if, imagine if I went into camp in better shape. I'll be in mm. tremendous shape. Yeah. And But the game plan was to to box and move because he was a big puncher and to counter. But, it, you know, I was too defensive and I was too – I didn't put the pressure on and I was too um, – just waiting, too mm. much waiting. So if I could turn back time, I would put the pressure on right from the beginning because when I did put the pressure on, he always went back and didn't know what to do. Mm. And I should have picked up on that in the fight. That's what – that's the difference between – you know, good fighters and great fighters, being able to adjust and adapt in the fight. But how, how much do you think about it now? Or are you quite good at like putting a line in the sand and just moving on? Oh, I've, 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 I thought about it after the fight. I thought about it I've, I thought about it that year, 2018, and I'm done mm. thinking about it. Would you like to fight him again? Yeah, bring him on, mm. yeah. Who's the hardest hardest punch that you've ever received? Because you, you, you sparred with um, Vladimir Klitschko for a few weeks, didn't you? I sparred Klitschko. And one thing about Klitschko is that he's... He, He's uh one of he's one of the craziest trainers too. He he brought in um 
you know, I don't know how many, 10 sparring partners, and he sparred 12 rounds on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's 48 rounds in one week. Mm. That's way too much. That's too, way too many rounds. Overtraining. Well, that's what I, I think is overtraining. Yeah, yeah. But he's done that for a long time. And I did spar with him, and he's a big puncher. But the, the heaviest puncher I, I, you know, I got hit by was Andy Ruiz. And I, I, I think I the reason... sorry. Yeah. I think the reason why is because he punches fast and hard. The speed brings more power. And it was more like a, like a shock and a sting rather than just a heavy punch. Mm. What about Joshua? Does he hit hard? He wasn't able to catch me clean. Yeah, yeah. He did catch me once, and I th- oh, but it wasn't a clean punch. Mm. But I think, obviously, if he hits me clean... You know, he's knocked out how many people in his career? Nearly everyone. Yeah. So you're 30 years old now. I'm pretty sure, maybe I've got this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you told me early in your career that you hoped to yeah, be done I did. by 30. By, by around 30, yeah. Yeah. Plus four. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing? Like, I mean, you get to the point where your value goes up, you're earning good money. It's got to be hard to, to turn away from it, I suppose. Yeah, you, no, is well, it, is I, it a money thing or is it still more to achieve for you? Well, it's, for me, it's more to achieve. Like I, I said, I went through that phase where I, I was wanting to be world champion. I did it and then it felt like I wasn't as happy as everyone else was. Yeah. Because we touched on it. I, was, I must have been doing it for other people. Mm. But I feel like now I'm doing it for myself. And now that I've been revived as a fighter, I feel like I have way more to give. And I'm still learn- like I'm learning way more now with this new team. So I, I just want to give it a good go for the next, I don't know, three, four years and see what I can do. But mm. it's not about the money. Like, I've done okay and I'm, I'm happy and I'm yeah. content, but I, wanna, I just want to do this for myself and see where I can end up. Yeah. And I feel like you've still had a lot to offer and it doesn't feel like you've had um, you know, too many knocks to the head. Not too many. But you're I, I, still, I've said you're to still the team, very sharp I've and I said to the team, listen, if you see me take punches and you see me start mumbling my words and not making sense, and, you know, please, please let me know because that's the time for me to pull out. Yeah. I want to enjoy the rest of my life with my kids. And I don't want to have that issue of not knowing how to spell my name and say my name. And this, you know, just all that stuff that a lot of fighters do go through at the end of their career. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I mean, Joe's very easy to spell. Even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <J-O. laughs> um, oh, no, I think you've, you've still got a lot to, lot to offer. You don't I have a lot to offer, yeah. the heavyweight division. Yeah. And I'll give it the best I have. And I'll see where it ends up. Do you know what life after boxing looks like? I listen, I've, I've thought about many things. Being a pilot, being a, a coach, you know, just being a gardener. I don't know. There's a lot of things I want to do. Charter boat. I love fishing with a passion. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't settled on anything yet. I mean, I feel like whatever you decide you want to do, you can probably do. Like, uh, it, it surprised me when I found out you could play the piano. Yeah, my, my sister played the piano and she taught me a few things, um, you know, a few songs. My brother plays the piano. My, we play the drums. We play guitar. Play the triangle, shakers. Tempor- you, can, you can play the triangle. Yeah, ting, <laughs> ting, ting. <laughs> I reckon even if you do one fight too many, you can probably still play the triangle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this has been great. Oh, there's, there's one thing. I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, and, and that's fine. <clears throat> Last year, there was some stuff that came out. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to... I, I, I remember hearing it at the time. It was like um, something to do with like money laundering or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. did, did you want to talk about that? You don't want to talk about that? Not really. No. Because it would just open up more things. Yeah. But yeah. the only thing I could say about it is that, that listen, it was the. They've done, they've done all the investigation. There was nothing on me. Yeah. And they still released my name. Yeah. For what purpose? Mm. Released it for what purpose? I don't know. Because there was nothing on me. Yeah. It was all made up. 
I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I haven't done Absolutely. any. Absolutely, yeah. I haven't done anything that's. Um, I haven't done anything that's against the law. Okay. I, yeah, we've we've all got regrets, and um, you know, anyone that says they're perfect is full of shit. I'm not perfect, far yeah. from it. But yeah. I, but being associated with people doesn't mean that you're doing stuff or yeah. you've done this and whatever they said about me. Yeah, because if listen, if it was all true, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be locked up. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I must admit, before that stuff came out, being in media, you know, you hear whispers. Yeah, that's everyone. That's, it was the worst kept secret. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really surprised. I said, I. I consider Joseph a friend, and I know him pretty well, and it just doesn't sound like him. It's the worst. It was the worst kept secret at the time. Everyone knew about it, but no one said anything about it. And then when it was released, I was just like, oh. I was overseas at the time. I was in Ooh. Ireland training with Andy Lee. When, so, th- so this was going on for years. Like you were fighting. This was to keep going your- on for since two thousand and. 2017? It must have been so hard for you and your family. Oh, listen, the hard part is just knowing there's something there, but. It's just behind. It's just like at the back of your head. Mm. But you're fighting, and you're you know having family time, and you know doing a lot of things. But there's always something just lurking in the back. Mm. But when it released, I was I'm happy now that it's out there now because there's nothing bothering me anymore. No, yeah, no, because I'm, I'm guessing you went and caught yourself, but lawyers were in there yeah, trying yeah, to keep your, always... keep your name suppressed. Well, that just seems seems mean and pointless that your name was released when there's no charges or anything like no, that. Yeah, that's what. Like, I does think that so. does that make you angry? <laughs> No, you just, listen, if you're angry, you're wasting your energy. Mm. You just got to accept it. And I've accepted it. I've accepted what happened. And I'm happy. I'm happy that it's gone now and it's in the past and I've, I'm able to move on and just focus on what's in front of me mm. what, and what's important. Family, career, and just doing the best I can in everything I do. Yeah. <coughs> Stressful few years, though. Oh, yeah. um, but it's, I, I don't think it's um, even one of those things that... that you know, de- defines you or is part of the, um, you know, the the Joe Parker legacy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I put on Instagram yesterday um, that I'm meeting you today and we're having a chat. Any questions? And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to sit here moderating them because people are going to bring this up. Not one person did. Oh, that's good. Thank Not you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, team. <laughs> so we'll get to those questions in a second. But, um, yeah, did part of this come up because of your friendship with Manu? Manu Vatavai? No. Or was no, that was totally no. separate. No. Right. I was just being associated with, with yeah. people. Yeah. Association. But it doesn't, yeah, like I said, Knowing someone doesn't mean you're doing what they're doing. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. How, how is Manu? Have you spoken to him or you seen? Yeah, him I've uh, I've sent a message to uh, the one of the people that's that is um, sort of communicating with him, and I've sent him my love and said, yeah. "Is there anything I can do for his family while he's in there? Let me mm. know." Is he doing all right? Do you know? From what from what I heard, he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. He made a mistake. Oh, listen, he's a great guy. Yeah, Manu, well, we had a great friendship. We're like brothers too. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he made a mistake and hopefully he's learned from it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he will. And I think uh, anyone that makes a mistake will learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, no matter how big, no matter how small, and there's always consequences to mm. what you do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like fuck-ups because I think um, you, you can win a fight and you're not going to learn much from it. But if you lose a fight, you probably learn, take yeah, so much yeah. more from it. Like I'm, I'm guessing you talk about you winning your world title and uh, you're not feeling as happy as what you felt you should. I'm guessing you probably learned way more from the Anthony Joshua loss than from your world title win. Yeah, I learned a lot from that loss because I, I knew exactly, after the fight, I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. Mm. That's all learning. Mm. Now, let me work on this in the next camp. And then yeah. I lost to Dillian White. I was like, you're prick. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting a rematch for a long time yeah, with yeah. him. And we have, a, some, we have a type of relationship where it's like, we, we message on, uh, we used to message on Instagram, and he blocked me now. <laughs> <laughs> did he block you? Why? He blocked me. I'm not, oh, well. Wait, what, happened, what happened in the lead up to that? 
Was it like trash talk or? No, <clears throat> we would text and communicate. We would talk. And then I will say, hey, how are you? And he'll say, all good, bro. And then, you know, and then I'll repost someone's post about me fighting him. And then he'll say, and then he'll send me all these nasty messages and you know, F you and, you know, I I smash you up and I F you up again. <laughs> uh, you know, you're my woman. I own you. <laughs> I can't find him now because he's blocked me. But <laughs> That's not great trash talk. Then I would text him and I'll say, just relax and settle down. It's only a post. And then five weeks later, I would text him, hey, I really like your T-shirts. And then he'll text back, you want some? I go, yes. And then he's, what's your address? And then he sends me T-shirts all the way from the UK. Amazing. So It's, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde sort of character. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I just take him for what he is. Yeah. But now I can't take him for what he is because I'm blocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Is your biggest weakness, do you think, just being too nice? Like, uh, I know a lot of people have said that no, over the I, years that you lack the aggression. And are you like too much of a nice guy for it to be a to be a like, like the best boxer ever? Um, yeah, I, I think that has held me back. <clears throat> but now, being, I mean, as far as criticisms go, it's not a bad. It's not a bad character part. trait to have. Imagine going from being the nice guy to training with Tyson and Sugar and Andy, and learning. You know, it's not. It's not what you do in the ring. It's what you do outside of the ring leading into the fight. Yeah. So now it's, I think there's a bit of a switch now that I could switch on and off. Right. And I I showed glimpses in the Chisora fight, mm. but I need to show more mm. in the future fights. Because I'm guessing you don't hate anyone. Like you, I don't, do, do you, do, in the lead up to a fight, like um, do you do you have to like, like convince yourself you hate the person? No, not so much convince, but I want to, like now... Now, the person in front of me, I want to bash them. Like, I really want to smash them in the face. <laughs> because they, that's what they're trying to do to me. Back in the, yeah, like, yeah, back then, yeah. <clears throat> I, will, I want to, back then I would say, yeah, I, I want to smash them. But when I thought about it, did I really want to smash them? But now, you know, because, because of what I'm doing for myself mm. and wanting to be world champion again, there's a purpose behind what I do. Mm. There was before, but now there's even more of purpose. Yeah. So where are you ranked in the world at the moment? Number two in the WBO, Shut. number three in the WBC, and number four in, in mm. overall, number four or five. Yeah. You're going to be the best in the world again? I'll be best in the world again. I mm. will be the best in the world again. Yeah. I'll oh, be I champion. I believe you. I believe you. I will be champion. Hey, um, <laughs> we'll end with some um, some of these Instagram questions that came through. Someone asked, how do you overco- overcome your nerves, like in the lead up to a fight? There's always going to be nerves. Yeah. You know, we're human. I said to Tyson, uh, do you ever get nervous? He goes, No. I said, what about when you're walking to the ring and, and all of that? He goes, no. Sometimes he, he forgets that he's going to have a fight and then when, he, when the bell goes and he gets hit, he goes, oh, damn, now I'm fighting. For me, <laughs> like it wakes yeah, him up. For me, there are little nerves, but that's just, I, th- I think those are good nerves. It's like a reminder that there's something big coming up. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not bad nerves. It's good nerves. Right, yeah, so you just can't let them overcome you. Uh, is you it just, like excitement nerves? It, it's excitement nerves. Like, okay, there's something, you know, ooh, there's something big coming up. It's not so much. It's not negative ones. Mm. Negative guessing. one is like, oh, have I trained enough? Am I in shape? Am, am I going to be ready? Mm. Oh, how is this going to go? Is mm. he going to smash me? Oh man, how am I going to look in front of everyone? Is my uniform all good? Oh my gosh, you know. 
Yeah, because I suppose like the worst case scenario for you, or for any boxer for that matter, is you end up with a situation like um, Shane Cameron had with David Tua. That's the absolute worst case scenario, right? That you get taken out of there with paramedics. Yeah, but if you go in there thinking about or worrying about the result and worrying about how you're going to look, you, you, you sort of go away from the structure and, and the process of trying to, of going out there and, be, and doing your best. Mm. Why worry about something you can't control? Yeah. Just focus on you and then everything will unfold the way it should be. Yeah. Actually, I remember um, Richie McCor- hearing Richie McCaw in an interview many years ago. Uh, it was during the um, 2011 World Cup. And he said, oh, people say to me all the time, oh, God, are you nervous you'll lose? What if you lose? What if you lose? Yeah. And he's like, no, what if we win? What if we win? Well, yeah. It's, so it's, I suppose it's think- thinking more glass half full rather than glass half empty. Yeah, well, even like, say, example, you wake up and you're not feeling the best. Are you going to tell yourself you're not feeling the best? Or are you just going to say, I'm going to have a great day? Mm. Mindset changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, mindset and gratitude, I reckon. Mindset you, and gratitude, Are you yeah. good with the gratitude? Very, very. Well, I'm looking around here. You've got your own Space Invader machine. You've got a fridge with glass doors, and you gave me a MyZone. <laughs> you came out here with a bunch of snacks. You've got a lot to be grateful for, Joseph. I Parker. am very grateful. No, for actually, everything, that, for everything in my life, for the people that I surround yeah. myself with, and for the, the generous people that look after me. Yeah, actually, I, I mean, I, I, was just, I was just being funny before I mentioned a couple of the material things, but you've, I mean, you've got a wonderful family. You, there's so much for you to be grateful for, right? Listen, I'm, I'm a very grateful person, yeah. and I'm very thankful for just like my life and what I... What I've achieved and what I have and who I have. Yeah. Well, you've worked for it. Yeah, I've worked very hard, yeah. You've worked for but it. But very grateful. You've done, you've done your time. There's um, this guy called Malcolm Gladwell, and he's got a book called um, The Tipping Point, and he talks about the, the he's got a rule of 10,000 hours. Like, it takes 10,000 hours of practice to get to... To that. As, and I feel like um, you talked about your amateur fights before all those fights. You, you must have done your 10,000 hours and I think I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, was, it wasn't the easiest traveling around the world fighting on different tournaments, sometimes traveling with no coach because New Zealand didn't have enough money to send a coach and send mm. you. But I think I have done the hard yards leading yeah. into what I've been, been able to achieve. Yeah. Okay, back to those Instagram yeah. questions. Someone said, uh, what's the difference between AJ and Tyson Fury? Uh, I suppose they mean um, as boxers rather than people. Yeah. I mean, you haven't fought Fury, but you've sparred with him, kind of. Kind of. Body sparring. I think the big. By the way, biggest... what, does, what does body sparring mean? What does that mean? Smashing your body as hard as you can. So, so I'll he, show you some clips soon. So you're smashing his body, or he's smashing your body, or both? Well, both. Trying to, we're trying to find you know holes, and we're trying to find uh, openings and smashing as hard as you can. Are you wearing pads? Nothing. No, no, nothing. Just gloves. <sighs> body sparring. As body sparring is serious. Like body sparring is very tiring. I think the biggest difference of AJ and Tyson is that. Uh, Tyson has got the best fitness of anyone that I've, you know, even though Tyson's body doesn't look in the best shape, but he is in better shape, mm. in boxing shape than AJ. Yeah. AJ is shredded and he's got a great body, but uh, I think for boxing, it's too much muscle for boxing. Right. Yeah, is that a thing? You reckon? Muscle bound. Mm. Like muscle bound. And the more muscle you have, the more you have, the oxygen has to go to those muscles. Right. right. And then I'm not sure how long the, you know, the muscles can hang on to can it go 12 rounds he's had uh issues of being tired mm. um aj with the usic fight yeah because yeah, yeah so who's the who's the mexican guy that loves the snickers that beat um, andy ruiz andy ruiz yeah andy ruiz yeah that's right like you see them together at a weigh-in and you think okay this guy's gonna get smoked. you think because of bodies that this you know because he looks great he's gonna smoke him because he's he's chubby but it's, sometimes it's um Boxing is, is a different sport in terms of bodies. It's not always about how good you look. Mm. 
It's oh. not even. A, it's not even about how good you look. It's about how how strong and how fit you are, and you know if, how good you are technically. I love how when I mentioned the Snickers, you knew exactly. And yeah, was- <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Oh. You know what was the story? Didn't he have a, like a Snickers straight after that's a fight, it, and then yeah. Snickers sent him a like truck because loads? he loved Snickers. And when he beat Anthony Joshua, I think Snickers did something with him. Yeah, so yeah. he became the and you know he became the Snickers man. Yeah, because you've beaten him, eh? I beat him to become world champion. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think that was here in Auckland. In Auckland, yeah, yeah. We, we had an interview with him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Mm. Okay, um, another Instagram question. I don't know if this, if, if this is a, a deep one or not, but uh, where does the urge to fight come from? The urge to I fight? I don't know what that means exactly. How do you interpret that? Uh, the, ur- the urge to fight? Um, do you know in the beginning it wasn't even about money? Yeah. It wasn't so, even... It was wasn't, it to, like win your dad's approval in a way? It was something like to to impress my dad or to, mm. to make his dreams come true. Yeah. That's what it was about. And I always thought to myself, you know, I'm going to do well. And smash everyone, and whatever happens, happens. And the money came, and you know, and being popular came. Mm. But the urge to fight, the urge to fight is right now. The urge to fight is because I just want to be champion. Yeah, I want that belt. Yeah, so that's why I want to fight. Is it about you now? Are you doing it for yourself? It's, it's about me now and my 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 family. Yeah, my wife and kids. Not about anyone else. Not about my parents or you know coaches or it's about me and my family. Jeez, your dad must be so proud. Right. My dad is the most nervous. Sometimes I look over, like imagine fighting, and you look over, and your dad's not watching the fight. He's just so nervous that he can't really watch you when you're in the ring. Why is that? You think that like, this is what he wanted? This is what my mom watches it more than my dad. Right, right. Like he is so nervous. Like he's oh, like I don't know. He's just because he got us. <laughs> he he got be, us into he, this. He must be torn. He's like I did this. He got, he got us into this. <laughs> And any time we've been hurt, he's just like, I'm just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, so sorry, it's my fault. And I just, Dad, well, relax, it's all good. Well, luckily you've never really been, have you ever really been hurt? Only uh, once, Dillian White headbutt me. Right. And then he knocked me down off the left hook. But right. I, I wasn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I was more hurt from the headbutt. Yeah. So I want to headbutt him back. <laughs> you owe him one. Um, back to these Instagram questions. Um, has your why changed over the years? My why has changed, yeah. yeah. It's not for everyone else. Yeah. You know, it goes back to that the urge to fight. Yeah. My why is my myself and my family, my wife and kids. That's yeah. my why. Oh, that's and listen, when you have your own family, that's everything changes. Yeah. They become the most important people in your lives. And of course you love your parents and you love your siblings and you love cousins and all that, but when it's your family, it is your family. It's a different feeling. And yeah. I, I don't know, maybe people can relate to that. Oh, absolutely, 100%, I'm sure everyone can. Um, someone asked, what's your, are you much into weights? You mentioned before that when um, Sonny Bill came over, you were in the weights, part yeah. of your training cycle. Someone wanted to know, what's your one rep max for bench, squat and deadlift? Well, for deadlift, is 220 kgs. For bench, I only got up to 125. What's the other one? Squat. Yeah. 200. 200. So four four twenty kilo plates each side and a ten. Shit, Ooh, that's right. a big squat. Oh, you're not going very deep though, are you? You're not going all the way down. Uh, ask the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and someone said um, on Instagram, um, like, what are you, what are your biggest fears? My biggest well, fears. The funny thing is, I guess what you do uh, day in day out is most people's biggest fear. Yeah, but it's not scary for you. It's exciting for you. It's exciting for me. My biggest fear is not giving it everything I have. My biggest fear is not training hard. My biggest fear is not. Um, my other biggest fear is not being a good dad 
and not giving time to my kids. So that's when I when I do have the opportunity to give time, I give my full attention. Right. Yeah, that's got to be the hardest thing being away for so long. Being away and listen, being away and and maybe missing the next birth because I might obviously I might be flying out tomorrow. If I can lock in this next contract for the next fight in July, I'll be off tomorrow. Yeah, so we're recording this podcast on Friday the 13th of May. When is, uh, when's your wife's due date? Uh, 20th. Right. So that's a, yeah, like a week away. Can't they in, induce? Oh, they, they've suggested, but yeah. she, she wants to be doing the natural way. Jeez, she, must, she, she must be an incredible woman. So she's, she's okay with you. She's, she's not salty about you not being Never. here. Never. Yeah. Because she supports, she can see why I do this. It's for our family. Mm. You know, not not fighting and bashing people, but but you know, with, with the fighting comes uh, money, mm. and you can pay for things. We've listen. We've travelled all around the world as yeah. a family. We've travelled to England, travelled to Dubai, Ireland, Mexico, um, Vegas, LA. Mm. We've done some fun things, and I think you know that kind of that that stuff really makes me happy. Yeah, experiences with the family around the world. Mm. Taking my kids to Dubai, we've been on the beach and swimming at the pool, and just giving them life experiences that. I don't know that they'll never forget. Yeah, uh, when when you're older, you're not going to have regrets yourself, though, like about missing the births. I no. suppose you don't know now. I, I honestly, I have the the closest relationship with my girls, even though I've missed the birth of all their, you know, all the all the births, but I've made up for it. You know, well, I listen. I don't even have to make up for it. Just the relationship mm. I have with them. Yeah. If if I listen, if I went in there right now, they all come running to me, and I'm not even gone. I'm not even leave. I haven't <laughs> even left the house. <laughs> Listen, if I walk in now, they all start running yeah. to me like, daddy, daddy. Oh, man, that's so special. You know? And that's the best feeling being a being a dad. I'll be, I'll take that feeling any day of, mm. of, the, of the, you know, any, any day of the week, and then any other feeling. Mm. Do they, do they sort of have an understanding of what you do, or are they too young? They do, yeah. Yeah, they've been to two fights. Have they? Yeah, have the, they? the older two, yeah. The last one, and they've been to one in Christchurch, and they watch it. They watch it on TV. I thought you'd try and. That's a weird one. Eh? I thought you try and like sort of shelter them from that. I guess, but I, then again, they I, watch, I, I did. They, they come in the garage. They watch me train. Right, watch right. Me punch the bag. What do they think? Do they get nervous, or is it just like I suppose they've just go, daddy, <laughs> go, daddy, go, daddy. Keep it up, daddy. Good work, daddy. Can I try your gloves? Listen, they come in, and when I do push-ups, they do push-ups. Right. When I like when I do a run on a treadmill, they run up and down here. They're like, daddy, we tr- we're training with you, and do, do, get, can you give us the weights, please? They they want to you know they want to join in. Oh, I love that so much. They want to join. Enjoy. I think it's a good uh, it's good for them to see what I do. Yeah, and then hopefully it can pass on to you know for them because you know health is wealth and you got to absolutely. Oh, health is health, health is everything. There's a, there's a quote I really like. A man that has his health can have many wishes. A man that doesn't have his health only has one wish. Yeah, you can have whatever you, everything in the world, but if you don't have your health, mm. what's the purpose of it? You yeah, can't absolutely. Enjoy it. Absolutely, health, health is key. And last one from Instagram. Any regrets? Any regrets? Yeah, I suppose in your life, uh, life, sport, whatever. I wouldn't be the person I am today yeah. if I had regrets. I enjoy. I, I listen. Everything that I've done in my life, I'm happy with. Yeah, and I've enjoyed. And it's happened. Everything has happened for a reason. So I have no regrets. Nothing at all. That's a great attitude. Nothing. Not even doing this podcast today. Not even doing this podcast. <laughs> I have no. I, I. I. Honestly, I am so happy where I am in life, and I just. I love my family, and I love what I'm doing, and I enjoy every day. I wake up happy. I wake up ready to train. I wake. I wake up in good mood. In a good mood, and man, life is very, very good. Mm. 
And you say health is wealth. After boxing, um, what do you think health, um, health and fitness will look like for you? Is it going to be, is it gonna be running? I'm going to build a gym right in that area. Where the playhouse is. Where the, that's going to be removed. I'm going to build a gym there with a ring, and I'm going to have everything in there, and I have no excuse to keep in shape. Right. I don't want to be that fighter who's at the end of the career, after the career, and is not in shape, yeah. and, and he looks terrible. I will stay in shape for the rest of my life. Well, it's not just for boxing, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think running will always be part of running your life? Running will always be part yeah. of my life. Running, walking, jogging, all of that. I, I enjoy it. I went for a run this morning with my brother John, and it wasn't the fastest pace, but we had a great time. Yeah, it's, well, it's where you live, it's very hilly. It's, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's like, uh, How far did you go? Six kilometers. Yeah. It was a good run. Took uh, Kaiser, my dog, with me, uh, and that was good. I really enjoyed the scenery. You know, it's a, what a beautiful day it is to run. Yeah, and the, it makes me want to go for another run. You're in, <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're in um, sort of rural South Auckland on a. That's a noisy ass bird. <laughs> um, you're in sort of rural South Auckland on a, almost like you'd call it maybe a lifestyle block. Um, and it's the air out here is just beautiful. Yeah, the air is beautiful. Yeah. And Ro- listen, Roger lives just over here. Who's Roger? Tuivasashek. Really? Down there. Oh shit! Let's go down and do a podcast. Let's go do a podcast with Roger. <laughs> hey, um, Joseph Parker, you're an absolute great New Zealander. Um, I've, I've known you, as I said at the beginning, for maybe ten years now, and you've never changed in that time. Like you've just always been just a really, really nice guy. I think it's important to oh yeah, important to be yourself and stay true to yourself. Mm. And just because you have you've made you know good things in life like money and you've got a house and this and that, just be yourself. And I think that's what my my mom told me. Just son, be yourself and just don't change. Yeah, unless you're, an, and you're unless you're an asshole, in which case you should unless change you, a little yeah, bit and yeah. don't be Listen, yourself. If you're if you're an asshole, <laughs> then come back to being a nice person. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, mate. It's been an absolute honour to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for listening to Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Joseph Parker. If you like that episode, please recommend it to a friend who you think might enjoy it as well. And if you don't already. Can you please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from? Thanks very much again to the sponsor of this episode, the Huawei Watch GT Runner. The Huawei Watch GT Runner, you can buy these things at PB Tech, Noel Lemming, and JB Hi-Fi. It has got the best battery of any of these sports watches ever. 12 days on one charge, so however big your event is, if you're doing an ultra or an event that's going to go over a few days, this is the watch that you need on your wrist. And I can't thank them enough for sponsoring this episode. All right. Thanks, team. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 